It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I will introduce my guest very shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. Gratitude has been a huge theme in my life this year. It's very easy to be happy and thankful when things are going well, but the true test of how grateful you are is when things are not going the way you planned. The natural tendency we have is to blame someone or something for our bad circumstances, whether it's our jobs, the economy, our significant other, the weather, any multitude of reasons. The truth is we are in our current situation for a reason. We may not always know what that reason is. We may discover it later, or it may never be revealed to us at all. And sometimes we are exactly where we are because someone else needs us and the experience that we will obtain from what we are going through at the moment. The bottom line, however, is that through it all, our response is a choice. When we choose to be grateful for what we have, we soon will have more to be grateful for. Choose today to write down 10 things you're thankful for and review that list as often as possible. When we fill our thoughts with gratitude, the results won't be far behind. And with that in mind, I will introduce my guest in a few seconds, but I'm very excited to announce that I'm launching a brand new book tomorrow and actually you can get it on amazon right now if you want to get it in advance you sure can it's called the greatest lessons i learned from being an entrepreneur volume one this is the first of three volumes i share some stories about things i've learned running a business and 26 collaborative authors share their stories as well and if you are just starting out or if you are a veteran in the business world and you find yourself still running across obstacles, and we all do, this book will be a really great read. You can benefit from the experiences that other people have gone through first, and that's how you learn the most. Why make your own mistakes when you can watch and learn the mistakes that other people have made and glean those lessons? That's the whole point of this show, which again is Success Profiles Radio. It's on Amazon. Once again, that book is called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 1. It's on Amazon right now. My guest this week, returning for the third time, is my great friend, Chris Whitehead. Let me tell you about him. He's the founder of Think to Succeed, New England Custom Remodeling, and Iconic Alliance. And he's a high-performance personal and professional development coach. He's exploded Think to Succeed into a worldwide coaching practice, and he did that in just a few months. He currently owns and operates three successful businesses and has grown five over the last 17 years, ranging from two build-in design companies, real estate investing, and profitable online businesses. He was also the director of an executive coaching at a company that he helped build to eight figures. His goal is to help you win at business, at relationships, and life. We have a lot to talk about and unwrap and unravel today. So here we are with my very dear friend, Chris Whitehead. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Brian, I am absolutely amazing, and I appreciate you having me back for the third time. We've known each other a while now, huh? It's been at least a decade, and it is never boring. <laughs> no, sir. Gr growth is on the market for those entrepreneurs that are willing to learn the lessons. So I'm here to learn from you as well as share with your audience anything that you might think is valuable, sir. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. So the question that I love to ask at the beginning is, did you envision early in life that you would be where you are now? <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of people say that, but tell us why. Yeah. So, you know, when I was really young, sports was everything. I was in the South and I had a natural proclivity for playing baseball and it took one year of, you know, picking Clover in the outfield for me to start to become competitive with it. And I literally thought uh, up until the second year of college that I was going to be playing professional baseball. And uh, an injury stopped that from happening. And I went through what a lot of people go through when your hopes are dashed and you're only putting your ladder against one wall. I I was in a pit of despair for a while mm -hmm. and one thing led to another and probably my greatest thing. And it happens to a lot of people around their twenties. Um, I started focusing on what's this whole thing life really about. Mm -hmm. And I started to define life on my terms. So in some ways the answer is no, I had no idea that I would be living in New Hampshire, thousand miles away from everybody that I knew. I had no idea that I would own multiple companies. I had no idea that I would speak to people all over the world about uh, living a better life and, and being able to make money and have experiences. What I do know is this, and I believe everybody on here probably feels the same way. I knew that my life was important mm -hmm. and I knew that I had something unique to offer. I just didn't know what it was. So all I did was I kept scratching the itch until eventually I saw where the God-given talents that I had matched up with the skills that I had worked on. And I found a sweet spot where I could really add value to my community and in return get paid, um, you know, at the level that I thought I was worth for it. And now I invest my time helping other entrepreneurs get rid of the things that don't serve them and focus on the few key things that do. And what inevitably happens is their dreams start to come true. So I live a really inspired life now and I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. So how did you develop a strong sense of mental toughness? Because you have been through a lot and I know a lot of those things and we certainly mm -hmm. don't have to go through all of them because we only have an hour. You <laughs> and I can talk for many hours on one subject. Yep. <laughs> but how did mental toughness change for you as a result of everything you've been through? Well, I think, you know, the first thing is as a young person um, playing sports and especially at the time that we grew up playing sports, uh, you know, excuses weren't something that were accepted. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to play at the highest levels, you had to put in the extra work. And I think that was the beginning of me understanding that, you know, focusing on what's easy is fun, but it's fleeting. Yes. There are other things that I'm not as not as easily successful at. And somehow in my mind, I started being willing to take risks. And, you know, the risks I take today are much larger than the risks that I first uh, started taking when exploring it. But they all come from the same place, which is, you know, if it won't kill me mm -hmm. and if there is a really good upside to it. And if the worst case scenario downside is something that I'm willing to tolerate, then I'm willing to go and learn. And I think 
where the real mental toughness came in, at least my nuance to it, knowing that I'm willing to do really hard things, knowing that there should be a reward at the end of it. So not doing hard things just to do them. Right. But also understanding that failure doesn't exist for the person that won't quit on it. Meaning that if I don't get it right the first time or even the 50th, that it's okay. So I literally started doing things that wouldn't get me great results. I I remember living in North Carolina and driving down I-40, which is four to six lanes on each side of the highway. I would wave to other people on the other side of the highway until someone would wave back. Yeah. Um, I remember learning how to blow bubbles, spit bubbles. Um, and, and, you know, eventually I could do it. I learned how to whistle with my fingers and these little habits led into the business world of me taking calculated risks. And then probably where the real toughness happened, the mental toughness though, Brian Mm -hmm. is when I realized that I wasn't willing to take risks that did have a big upside. Right. And I saw that my ego was in the way. I saw that my ignorance was in the way. I saw that past behaviors that were taught to me by friends and family were in the way. And Mm -hmm. that self-protective mode was there. And that is when the personal development started. And kind of like you, I'm sure, instead of walking across that scary bridge in the sky alone, I chose to link up with mentors, other people that had already done it to show me the path. And I kept my eyes focused on them instead of on the ground that was so far below me. And that's when I started having some breakthrough successes, things that really fire you up. Mm -hmm. And when those happen, that becomes kind of addictive. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you just brought up coaching because All great people that I know in terms of their level of success have coaches. I know you have many coaches. In fact, you you are my coach. So I'm always happy and grateful to talk to you because I learn something every time we talk. So how many coaches and mentors do you have right now? Two. Awesome. What's your criteria? Oh, my criteria. Number one, um, it depends on, you know, literally what my next goal is in front of me. So I used to pick coaches that were so far ahead of me that I could never have the experiences that they had in the time that I coached with them. So one of the criteria is I have a specific goal. I'm going to hire a specific coach for this goal. The other thing that I have is a criteria or core values. And I will very, very strongly investigate someone else's core values before I hire them as a coach. And I think that's probably, so not only the obvious, they have to be further along than me, but do we do life similarly? And if we do, there's usually a really good match for that. Yeah, we will definitely talk about core values a little bit later in the show. We've got maybe a minute and a half or so to our first break. I want to ask you, what is your big why? What, what gets you up? What's get you going? Golly, it used to be all about my success, but truthfully, and I'm really grateful for this, my big success, my big why is helping other people achieve their dreams. Uh, Robin, my wife, actually purchased a little keychain for me that said Dream Maker on it. And I love being part of someone else's journey to help them realize a success that maybe they were struggling in. And knowing that I play a small part in that along their journey um, 
it's probably one of the biggest joys I have in life. Um, I remember you hit a certain bar. I and did. When you did. Robin and I jumped up and down for joy and I had goosebumps all over me because I was feeling what you were feeling in that moment. And th- that's what drives me and will for the rest of my life. Absolutely. We're coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Chris Whitehead. We are going to talk about a book that he did last year. We're going to talk about what it means to be iconic. We're going to talk about masterminds and alliances and a whole bunch more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be we'll return shortly. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's you ever had a really bad haircut from a barber or stylist? I mean, so bad it looks like you cut your own hair. What's a word for a person who does cut their own hair? An autotonsorialist. And there's a word for a person who has never had a haircut. He would be called an acercicomic. How many hairs are there in your head anyway? If you're blonde, about 150,000. Brunette, 100,000. Or redhead, 60,000. One out of every 14 women in the United States is a natural blonde. Some people avoid getting their hair cut because they're afraid they'll get not padded. That's what it's called when your hair is cut too short. Why do shampoo instructions say, lather, rinse, repeat? If you did this, would you ever be able to stop? It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Chris Whitehead, and I am so fired up that he's here. We always have a great time. We always have a lot to talk about, and a lot of learning is going on today. So, Chris, the next question I want to ask is, what is the greatest leadership lesson that you've learned? The greatest leadership lesson that I've ever learned is to give without expecting anything in return. Just yeah. bar none. And, and I'm telling you, for a large portion of my life, even after I focused on it, I still would find myself internally at the smallest level going, man, the reason I'm really doing this is I hope that they'll recognize me or I hope that they'll mm-hmm. appreciate me. I mean, literally being a go giver for the sake of giving to others is the largest lesson that I've ever learned. And yeah. it's turned into my greatest joy because now I don't have expectations. <laughs> right. And you know, that's biblical too, that you, you give, 
uh, without expectation of something in return. At the same time, some of the people you give to, you realize after a while that they're just takers. Sure. And so do you draw boundaries or how do you handle that? So I had a really um, part of the reasons why that became such an important lesson for me is I've always been someone that my proclivity is to give to other people. And I believe that I had a lot of takers in my life uh, for a while. And Mm -hmm. what that created was resentment in me. Yeah. And what I ended up doing being a giver is that I would give and give and give. And then I would take without asking on the back end of things. Mm. And it would always end up with mud in my face. Mm. Um, And and it was a, it was a really, really interesting experience. Yeah, absolutely. So here's something I want to ask. What is the highest value skill that anyone can learn? To listen. Mm. Truly, truly to hear what someone is making their best attempt to say. And, and it's a skill that many, many people fall short on, especially with social media nowadays and yeah. things that grab our attention so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question that I've enjoyed asking for the last few months. And so I will ask you, what is the most expensive mistake you've ever made? It can be financial, but doesn't have to be. It could be a time energy thing. It could be an opportunity lost. But what is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? The most expensive mistake I ever made, and I think it's very normal, but I mean, it it is what it is. I accepted God into my life. And I think for a long time, instead of, because you asked earlier, like, what's the number one thing of leadership? And I was really going to say that I've been to need a God. That's, that's like Mm -hmm. my number one rule in life. But Mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 that's too much to talk about at once. But the most expensive mistake that I ever made was trying to do things on my own Mm. instead of following God's leading. And what I found and joyfully found, Brian, is and this is my understanding of God. I'm not trying to push that on anyone else, but I was willing to risk being foolish, leaning vulnerably into a conversation with my higher power to the point where. I'm not interested in what I get. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in following closely. And all the years that I didn't do that created so much havoc and so much drama in my life. Yeah. And and I consider that expensive because money is not something that I see as um, all that valuable, even though I use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. It was the time that I lost that I'll never, ever get back. That's expensive. Exactly. So here we are to the meat of what I actually really want to talk about today. What does it mean to be iconic? Ooh, so, and and I'm speaking from an entrepreneurial place, everyone, but it doesn't have to be. I think iconic, if the root of that word is icon, Mm -hmm. that what that means is, is that when we look on our smartphones or we look on a billboard and you see a FedEx sign, you know immediately what it is. When you see an icon on social media that looks like Facebook, a little F symbol, you know, you know what Instagram means. Mm-hmm. So becoming iconic <clears throat> to me is leaning fully into who you are, understanding that you're a meaningful specific in this world. And sharing that abundantly with other people in the process of doing that, I believe you truly become iconic. But along the way, 
you're going to be faced with a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and it's how you respond to those challenges as to the level that you're going to get to in spreading whatever your message or actions are out into the world. Yeah, I love that. And so this has become a movement mm-hmm. and you, you've branded a, a book, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, you've got, you know, merch, you know, T-shirts that say Iconic Alliance, and you've actually created a mastermind called Iconic Alliance. Tell us a little bit about that and what your goals are and and how you want to impact people. So after being part of very large masterminds, after creating my own for years, and, and literally the way that it worked is I created my own, and then I started joining masterminds, and anywhere from local masterminds, even like BNIs, um, all the way to national ones that I've helped grow into eight-figure companies, I started to realize that, number one, the more you scale a mastermind, the weaker it becomes. And the reason I've seen that is because of just the proclivity of looking at a Rolls-Royce versus a Kia. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment Rolls-Royce produces things at the same level that Kia does for scalability, it's no longer going to become a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. So the first idea about a mastermind is that it needs a specific number of people in it. And inside of ours, um, no matter how many people we have in the mastermind, we don't, we won't grow it more than a hundred, but we break off in 12 man and 12 woman pods. And that's so that people can start to really get to know one another. The other thing that I learned about masterminds is when all you focus on is the money that improper relationships can start. So we've inverted it. Uh, At first, our mastermind is all about self-mastery, self-development, and self-care, something that entrepreneurs have a very hard time focusing on because the the demands of a business. But what I've realized is you will never out-earn your personal development. You might have a good year, you might have a good month, you might have a good five years, but eventually your reticular activating system, that part in your brain that actually believes what you're worth, will create a scenario so that you find that median again. So we work on people's personal development first. And then the other thing that I ran into working in a lot of masterminds with highly, highly financially successful people is a lot of people are having trouble with their intimate relationships. Mm. And I know that that's something that I struggled with for years and um, not that Robin and I are anywhere that I'm doing air quotes right now there yet. What I focused on is as I focused on my self-development, as I focused on my most intimate relationships, I started seeing everything else start to work better and better in my life. So our second pillar are intimate relationships. Our third pillar, and you've heard me say this all the time, I believe alignment is greater than assignment. Yes. Meaning who you surround yourself with matters way more than what you do. I can sit with a banker. I can sit with a guy that sweeps the, uh, the, the trash out of a warehouse and I can get the same quality of information from both if we have similar core values. So Mm -hmm. our third pillar is truly understanding how to apply steps one and steps two into your life for step three. So you can build what we call a family of choice. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we start focusing on business because when you build no like trust with other people with similar core values, you can virtually guarantee yourself that if something happens 
poorly in a business deal with someone that that other person will react with integrity to see a, a, a favorable win for all parties involved. So we've just inverted that entire model so that we focus on business last. And what I found in my own life, Brian, even you and I doing business, clients mm-hmm. that we deal with together that are doing business, they tend to just go better, yeah. longer, and more for more profit when we align with people that have similar core values as us. Absolutely. So I want to ask you next, what are some of the greatest lessons you learned from being a coach? Because I was a teacher for a while and I learned a lot from my students. How has that been true for you as a coach? So one of the things that I learned is that I'm not here to be everybody's guru and everybody's mentor, even in a coaching session. I don't have to have all of the right answers. And I think a lot of people give themselves give themselves imposter syndrome by thinking, hey, I'm your coach. Therefore, I have to say something profound. Therefore, no, I don't. Do you know what my primary role is as a coach? And this is definitely what I learned. Mm-hmm. I need to hear what you're saying and what you're not saying. Because maybe all I really am is a really polished mirror for you to bounce your ideas off of and then ask you questions so that you can find your own truth in that. I think about you and I coaching for a long time and I used to make suggestions based upon what I saw for you, right? Where the success started really happening between you and I working together is when I started hearing what you wanted to do and filling and help filling in the missing pieces or just listening to you while you brainstormed on it. That's probably one of the most, um, profound things that I've learned being a coach is to truly be a very, very good listener and ask follow-up questions that allow my clients to come to their own results. Yeah. And something that you just said a minute or two ago that really stuck out to me, and you are really good at this, by the way, you hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> and then, and then you draw that out. It's like, I noticed you didn't mention X. Yep. Oh yeah. Is X really important to you anymore? Uh, maybe it's not, I don't know. And then we go from there. And I think, I think what it has to do with is my coaching practice, whether it's in the mastermind or whether it's one-to-one, I only, I only allow people to hire me that I care about, that I believe that I can help. So I'm going to, I'm going to eliminate distractions from me when I'm talking to you, by the way, hint, hint, anyone that's married, you ought to do the same thing in your relationship. Put the phone down, turn the computer off, pay mm-hmm. attention to your wife pay, or your husband, pay, pay attention to your children when they speak to you. And the same goes with clients. Brian, when, when you and I speak, I'm engaged. I'm an active listener. I yeah. want to know. And that allows me to then just be, I'm further outside of your situation. So it's easier for me to see the things that are hitting you in the face than it is for you to see them because I'm not inside of the fight. Right. And then exactly. I just ask those questions and then, you know, you're brilliant. You always come up with what you want to do next and you're excited about it. And the next thing I know, we talk a week or two later and you're like, you're already starting it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's all about doing the work. And I learned a lot of that from you. So there we are. We are coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. And next we will talk about his book called Becoming Iconic, How to Make Today's Ceiling Tomorrow's Floor. And we will do that when we return. See you on the other side. This is Success Profiles Radio.
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Chris Whitehead, here for the third time. And if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine yet, please do that at successprofilesmagazine.com. The latest issue just came out last week. It features Josh Thomas, who was on this show a few weeks ago, and we talked about how to be in the do zone a lot more often. Brilliant interview. You got to check it out. Go to successprofilesmagazine.com. You will not regret it. Seven days for a dollar. Who can even shake a stick at that? It's a great offer. Please do that. So, Chris, let's talk about your book, Becoming Iconic, How to Make Today's Ceiling Tomorrow's Floor. How did you decide? To write this book you know uh, i've been writing for a long time and mm-hmm. uh i knew it was time to write a book so i thought you know what i'm gonna write a book and i'm gonna tell about my personal experiences yeah about life you know a way to brand me because you know books are in my opinion books are the new business card everybody mm-hmm. has a business card but not everybody has a book so it also puts you in that you know authoritative role yep But as I was thinking about it, I said, man, the time's not right. In fact, what I want to write my first book about is what I love, which is entrepreneurship. I've been a business owner, brick and mortar, as well as online for 25 years. That's more Mm -hmm. than half my life. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to that entrepreneur who might not be having the success that they want yet, that they might have to dig a little bit deeper and find a purpose behind what they're doing other than making money so that they can endure to the point where they start making money. And that's how that book really started to come about. Absolutely. So let's talk about a few of the themes in the book. Focusing on the solution instead of the problem is one of the things that makes successful people stand out, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Can you think of a specific time where you realized that you were pivoting toward focusing on a solution instead of the problem? Um, yeah. So I remember, and and it's kind of a vulnerable moment, but I Mm -hmm. remember that I was married. uh, I've been married 
one time before. Mm -hmm. And my ex is a really, really wonderful woman. And for seven years before I chose to get divorced from her, I started having dreams and I started, you know, not really, I started paying attention to how I felt. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I started realizing that I had a lot of negative feelings, not toward her as a person, although that's how I would display them because she was an easy target. And I started to realize that how I did life with her was how I was doing life in business. You know, I'm dealing with employees that don't show up on time, don't do the jobs right, mm. do the job at the wrong house, whatever. And I'm oh. always putting out fires. And yes, I'm motivating other people and I'm being quote unquote, the leader in my company and all the things that I think leaders should be doing. But internally, I wasn't having very much success. And because of that, I was always looking at what was going going to come next that was wrong. Yeah. When I, when I would go on vacation, what problems going to show up? And guess what? It always did. Yeah. Well, in that seven year period, that was me building my courage up to realize I was going to have to tell this person that I no longer wanted to be married to them, which was very scary and a lot of guilt and other feelings were associated with it. Yeah. But I realized in that process, what I was doing was I wasn't necessarily divorcing her. I was divorcing myself from the mentality of who I was when I met her. Mm. And if she wanted to come along with that, she could. And if she didn't, that was fine as well. And she chose not to, um, not because uh, she was doing anything wrong, but because what we did was just different. Mm -hmm. Ever since then has been a personal development journey of me going, I can either focus on the problem and create more problems Mm -hmm. Or I can start looking at how valuable my time is, get rid of the complaining, the criticizing and the condemning, which always leads to resistance, resentment and revenge. Yeah. And I can simply start saying, what do I have effect over today? Yeah. And ever since then, I've grown that muscle stronger and stronger. By the way, the challenges have gotten bigger and bigger. Yeah. And this is where God comes in when I don't know what to do. I literally step out of the way by bending a knee and praying about it and letting God fight my biggest fights for me. Yeah, I love what you just said. When you get more successful, uh, your challenges get a lot bigger and you have to become the person that can handle those challenges, right? <laughs> yes, sir. You do. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this. Why do you think people feel like they need permission to succeed? I Well, it's a... There's a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons that's easy enough for people to see, it's kind of like the red pill or the blue pill from the matrix, right? Look on media, look on social media, look at, look, Ryan, uh, for every Brian, for every show that's like yours, there mm -hmm. are 1000 of them that are the exact opposite. You pour goodness into the world. Yeah. The media pours negativity into the world for profit. Right. Mm -hmm. So why do people need permission to succeed? Because from the time they're little, they're chained to a stump and they're told they're a slave. And then they mm -hmm. grow up to be big boys and girls and they're still a slave. Now they're tied to the stump with a string, but they're never, ever going to move from it because of conditioning. That's yeah. why people need uh, permission to succeed and why people like you and I come out here and share our time and our resources, even free to people like your radio show. Mm -hmm. Because we are letting people know that you too can be free. 
Absolutely. So a lot of people feel fear around a lot of things. What is the purpose of fear? It's it's there to serve us somehow, hmm. right? Sure it is. Um, you have a reptilian brain or a monkey brain. People call it all sorts of different things, but mm -hmm. it's the old fight or flight mechanism. Well, sure, it's there to keep you alive. The problem is, is the very thing that keeps you alive also goes off when you should run into a battle. I don't know any sane human on earth that goes, yes, please shoot bullets at me and I'm going to run towards them. But sometimes in order to win the war, you have to be willing to do that. And we have to discern when that time is right and when that time is wrong. So the fear, which is a natural thing, is important. But I think it's up to us to master that fear. And one of my favorite quotes um, is, I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. Let me ask you this. There's a chapter in in your book called No is a Complete Sentence. <laughs> and you you have to feel free to say no to somebody because you're not always required to explain yourself. And a lot of people start explaining things. And you know what? The more you explain, the more people don't believe you because you're it's like, oh, you must be really hiding something if you're going to this long convoluted discussion about why you're saying no. Well, and, and that is very true. I also found and especially this is my personality, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the longer I talk after no, the more I talk myself into something that's a hybrid yes. Yeah. So I don't owe anybody on this earth anything other than what I commit to. Right. And if you don't like my response and you're too chicken to ask me why I said it, then you can think whatever you want to think about it. But at the end of the day, I've learned to say no to things without any explanation because no other explanation is required unless you ask me another question because yeah. I'm not going to waste my time on it anymore. And that truly came from the thought of I always wanted to be a people pleaser. Yeah. And so telling people that it that no is a complete sentence is a way to say it's okay to say no and still have self-respect. You yeah. don't have to defend yourself. It's just the answer is no. The answer is not now. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, run into a lot of challenges with that, and they end up doing things that their gut tells them they probably shouldn't because they allow that conversation to go on just a little too long. Absolutely. So what's the difference between power and force? <laughs> power is having the wisdom to know when to move. Force is just brute. It, it'll just push through everything. And Sometimes force is required very infrequently. The older I get that I see that it is, but having power requires a strategy and it also requires the ability to know when the right time to pull the trigger is. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. In fact, I bought some books on Amazon this weekend and one of them is uh, Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power. I've never read it before. I've glimpsed at a couple pages and I'm thinking this could be really interesting. I'm interested to see how much I resonate with it. So I, I can't wait to dive in a whole lot further to that. Let me ask you, we've alluded to your core values, but I don't think we've, we've really explicitly said what maybe your top core values are. What are they? So I'll give you my personal ones, not my company ones. Sure. Um, and my personal ones didn't come to me as like, oh, this sounds cute. They're literally from years and years of exploring who Chris Whitehead is as a person. And my first one is integrity. And yes. I know a lot of people say that. Um, and I used to say that. 
And on a surface level, all integrity means is just being good for your word. Yeah. What I've learned and what I employ into my life is four things with integrity. Number one, yes, if I say I'm going to do something, do it when I say I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. That also means if I have a regret later and say I don't want to do that, I should have kept my mouth shut. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to fulfill my word. I found that to be a key in life for success. Number two, aligning myself with people and letting them know that they have permission to hold me accountable for my word in case I mess up. Without me defending myself, without making excuses, literally, Brian, you call me up. Chris, we had a meeting at 2 o'clock today. You missed it. Brian, I'm so sorry. May I reschedule with you? Yes, you may. Let me get on the calendar. So that is number two, is being willing to allow other people. Number three is only putting yourself around people like that. And number four, this is probably the most important one to me, understanding the intention of my word, understanding how you're receiving it to make sure that we're in agreement. That is an integrity because integrity is a whole. Number two is information. Information to me is simply communication. It is probably the number one things that makes us humans human. And it's also one of the things that we screw up the most. So I'm constantly working on better and proper communication. Number three is innovation. I found out that 87% of people that are terminal would rather die than change their behaviors. So I've committed my life and the people that I surround with that we're part of the 10% club. We will do the work that is required and be willing to change. And my fourth one, which is beautiful, is income. So it's the four eyes. Yeah. Income does not necessarily mean money. To me, income means any goal that you're trying to achieve, because if you live in integrity, you're willing to communicate effectively and you're willing to make the necessary changes that you need to make, you will find your goals if you just don't quit. That's beautiful. I love that. So what happens when you, we only have a minute, but what happens when you encounter people who don't fit these core values? I love on people. And I also only allow them into a certain level of my circle. Perfect. We are coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. Look at how much fun we're having. We are talking about a lot, learning a lot, diving into a lot of different topics. And we're going to talk about a whole lot more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. Down the stretch we come when we return. And we are going to talk about uh, how to build a million dollar business because he's done this a few times. That's important. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian.
night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's Marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. I would love a review, especially five stars if you think you deserve it. Um, I've got over 200 reviews on iTunes, and I'm so happy and grateful. And once again, my new book is live now on Amazon. It's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 1. It's already number one in new releases in one of its categories. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I promise you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to be blessed by it. I was blessed by writing it. It forced me to think about some things I've really learned and what I've learned and the lessons that I've carried forward. And we will do a future episode about what some of those lessons are. But for now, I'm here with Chris Whitehead. And I want to ask you, Chris, how do you build a million dollar business? Well, it's a lot different than I thought it was, Brian, because Mm -hmm. I really thought, give me enough leads, Mm -hmm. give me enough people, and we'll build a million dollar business. And although that is true, I'm going to give everybody a simple, simple answer because it will require a bunch of action afterward and you won't even have to consciously go about it. Mm -hmm. When I wanted to build a million dollar business, I simply picked up a two foot by three foot piece of green board from CVS. I think Mm -hmm. it cost me $2 and 29 cents or something. I picked up a $4 white oil marker. And I drew on that green board, the Statue of Liberty in the middle. And I ended up writing down in all four corners, the number 1 million. And I put it by my bed. I was going to put it on my ceiling because Jack Canfield said to do that. Mm -hmm. But my ceilings were popcorned at the time. And I didn't want the thing falling on my head while I slept at night. So I put it on my nightstand because every morning when I woke my bed, it would knock the daggone thing off. And I'd have to go pick it up. Every time I picked it up, I'd look at it. And I knew Mm -hmm. that I was implanting into my mind $1 million, $1 million, $1 million. Yeah. Lo and behold, 12 months later, we had a million dollar business Mm. because of the actions that I took after that. But here's the best part. I just kept looking at the sign. I didn't think about what do I have to do? I was so much into the how to for so long, man, that I really missed the why to. I really Mm -hmm. missed what does it feel like to be the person that runs a million dollar business? I didn't know. And I think I was looking at it from a scarcity mindset. Yet every day when I looked at that sign and I picked it up and I set it back down, 
I think internally I was starting to identify with that million dollars and it 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 changed the trajectory of my actions, which changed the trajectory of the results. And in within one year, uh, we were at seven figures. And I've never stopped doing that since. And I'm not talking about a complicated vision board. Right. I'm talking about just being intentional with communicating with my unconscious mind that this is what I want. And then I let my unconscious mind go about its day and do its thing to help get me there. Right. I want to mention something because I did ask you this the last time you were on my show, and your answer is very different than what you said last time. What did I say last time? A lot of the th things that you said last time were very tactical, but this time your answers were more mental. And I love this. It means you've grown up a lot, my friend. What you said last time was get out of your own way, hire smarter than you, delegate, focus on the end result, and take the risk. Hmm. You talked about action tactical related things, but this time you focused on the mental journey and that has to come before the stuff. So yes, it does. And your business has grown a lot. We, it's been about 12 or 13 months since you've been on my show and your business I know has grown a lot as has mine because we've <laughs> been on this journey together, but it's been fun to watch your growth as well. I am so very proud of you. So you. I love, I love, I love asking the same question a second time because I love to hear how different the answer is. It's evidence of your journey. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Brian. Hey, you're so welcome. So here's what I also would like to ask you. Who do you have to become for it to be possible to create that kind of income in your business? Well, I don't think that you have to become a good human. I don't think that you have to be altruistic. I don't think that you have to get the favor of God or other people to make that kind of money. I don't. I'd be happy if you did. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is all that tactical stuff. You have to become the kind of person that is hungry for it. Yeah. You have to become the kind of person that is willing to pay the price for it. You have to become the kind of person that takes the responsibility of whether or not you get there or not and do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. I love that. So you have a slogan that you live by, and this is new since we talked last, but your tagline that you say at the end of all of your posts and all of your magazine articles that you've written for me is see it in the trenches. Where did that come from and how does that manifest itself in your business? So my one of my greatest teachers in life was my grandfather and he's he was the kind of fella he was a world war ii uh, veteran and you know a depression era baby and i spent a lot of time helping him do whatever i was you know i followed him around and he would tell parables all the time and i didn't understand them a lot of them but they would come back to hit me later but one of the one of the parables that he told me is he said Son, there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Right. You know, it didn't mean a lot when I was growing up, but he said it a lot. And over time, I started to realize that you get to know who people really are when the bullets are flying, when stress mm -hmm. hits them. You really find everybody can say everything, you know, altruistic and they're great and they love everybody when they're winning. But who are they when they're not winning? Yeah. And I started looking back at my life. And one of the things that I'm the most proud of me for is that when I'm for you, I'm for you. Mm -hmm. And you can make mistakes, you can screw up. And it takes a lot of mistakes and a lot of screw ups to get me after I've said I'm for you to go, I can't help you anymore.
And I realize that we live in a very transactional world nowadays. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live transactionally with people, buddy. I want to live transformationally. Mm -hmm. What that's going to require from me, my greatest leader is someone that paid his life for my salvation. Yes. That is in the trenches. Yeah. The pig and the chicken are both part of breakfast. Mm -hmm. The chicken's involved, but that pig, that pig is committed. Right. And I want to let people know out in the world that there are those of us that what we say we're committed to finishing, we're committed to seeing it through. And if I tell you that I'm going to help you out, you can guarantee that I'm going to do everything that I can to do it. And when the smoke of battle clears, you'll see me standing there right back in the trenches, ready to help somebody else again. Exactly. So here's one of my favorite topics. How important is gratitude for you? It is. (laughs) It's everything, man. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody talks about making millions of dollars and getting married to the right person and da, 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 da. And they're always in pursuit of it. I believe that learning to cultivate gratitude in your life allows you to be happy. Bad things can be going on in my life, but if I if I focus on gratitude, I had a good day. And if I string enough of those good days together, I have a good life. So yeah. gratitude allows me to reframe situations so that I can see what's going right instead of focusing on what's going wrong. And the end result is mm-hmm. that I have better experience through it. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? Some of my favorite productivity tips. Number one, everything should go on your calendar. Everything should go on your calendar. I use one on my phone. I schedule my entire life. My income has 6 x in the last three years since I've been putting everything. I mean, texting Robin, my children, you, everything goes on that. When I eat lunch, when my workouts are, everything. My calendar is packed every single day. The other massive productivity tip that I employ into my life. I call it bookends. Mm -hmm. My morning starts at about five o'clock from Mm -hmm. five until seven. I have a routine that is all mine. You, no one can interfere with that time. Social media does not interfere with that time. I have my gratitude journal. I meditate, I pray, I read, and I go exercise for at least 45 minutes every single morning. Mm-hmm. It's a non-negotiable with me. Mm-hmm. Then at 6.30 at night, normally, except I'm doing this with you, but every night at 6.30, business and life outside of my family get turned off. Mm-hmm. What happened, what I found, Brian, is that after about three days of practicing that 6.30 rule, I was like a child again going, hey, mommy and I are going to hang out. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to watch a show. We're going to make some popcorn. The kids are going to come. Every night was a vacation night, a date night with Robin. Yeah. So now, whatever happens, I can focus my morning on me, my evening on my family, and whatever I have to do in the middle of that, that's called business and life. Yeah, because I give myself personal time in the morning and Mm -hmm. the most important people time every single evening, I'm able to endure whatever happens in those eight hours in between. Right. Absolutely. And I know you well enough that if I text you at night, I I know better than to expect a response right away. I normally expect that you might answer the next day and I'm fine with it because I know that's your rule. And that's awesome. I'm totally fine with that. And when you know other people's rules, 
uh, it's so much easier to get along with them because, I mean, Tony Robbins talks all about that and we won't go any further about that, but we've got just a couple minutes until the end. So here's what I want to ask you, who inspires and motivates you? The people that inspire and motivate me the most, and it's probably a lot of people are like this. It's not the heroes, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that are already successful. It's the people on the come up. Yeah. Watching people. And you and I talked about this years ago because we talked about the agony. I remember calling you up and I'm like, Brian, what is that saying? The thrill of victory in the, in the, in the, in the, and what did you say? Agony of defeat. And I was like, thank you. I've got a post. I got to (laughs) write. And I, I hung up the phone and I kept, do you remember that? I do. That post was, I can't tell you how many times I've tasted the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, and I never quit on myself. Watching other people that are on the come up continue to lean into the pain for a greater result of who they're going to become, what they're going to produce, and ultimately what they leave as a legacy inspires me to go do that for myself every single day. And I love, love, love it. Fantastic. So as we wind down, my dear friend, Chris, how do we find you? How do we try with you? How do we vibe with you? So you can find me at chriswhitehead.com. That's K-R-I-S whitehead.com. You can find me at iconicalliance.com. I-C-O-N-I-C, Iconic Alliance. You can find me on Facebook, um, The Chris Whitehead, and on Instagram, which I've got a big following, fairly large following there. You can find me at Chris Whitehead official, send me a DM, follow along. I leave a lot of valuable information. What at least my prospects and friends and clients think are valuable information. I give it away for free. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we learn along the way. Take care, everyone. Until next week, goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.